Philippians chapter 3, verse 11. I do, again, say I appreciate the privilege to come. and appreciate all these meetings done for us and the opportunity to be here. I want to start reading verse 11, and I'll read to the end of the chapter. I may not say, but just a few things. We'll see what the Lord wants. Uh, but uh, Brother Ronnie called me, asked me to come. God just laid this chapter on my heart, said, there's where I want you to do. And so I'm just going to at least read this last portion, and we'll see what the Lord wants. And it says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead... Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after it that I might apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. If in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. you be seated. He says in these verses, he says in verse 11, if by any means I might attain. He says in verse 12, not as though I had already attained, Either were already perfect. It says in verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now, these are not statements of doubt or despair. He is expressing a desire, a determination to go on. I guess if I was going to preach on anything this morning, it'd be Go on. I told you to rejoice the other night, but I want to tell you to go on. Get your eye on the goal and go on. You know, God knows what he's doing. I said that the other night, but in this scripture here, he's not, it's not doubt in his heart or despair. He's not, oh me, I don't know. But he's saying there's this desire in my heart to just keep pressing on to what lays out ahead. He says here, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't count myself to have attained. I'm not perfect. I, and that, that, in that, that sense, and you know, and it's already been preached here this week, positionally, I, I'm as saved as I'll ever be. 
Brother Logan said it well when he's talking about a baby and, a, and, and the full grown. A, a boy has, a, you get that little boy running around, he's got everything he needs. There's those fingers, those feet, but you look at him 20 years later and he's going to look a lot different than he did when he was that boy. He has all the parts that he had as the boy, but there, there's been a growth take place. And that's what he's saying here, go on. Don't, in our part of the country, a lot of people make it the goal is getting born again. That's just the beginning. There's a life now to live once you get saved. There's a goal out in front of us. There's a destination that Paul is wanting to get to. He said that, and he's saying, listen, I have not got there, but there's this desire in my heart. To get there. And he said, and, and in my mind, I thought about this week and, and this morning. And I thought, you know, he's talking about going on. What he says in these verses, he says a few things that stick out to me. He said, I have been apprehended. He said something, not just something, but someone has laid hold on me. When I was a a self-righteous Jew living in sin, persecuting the church, God come to where I was at and saved me by His marvelous grace and He laid hold on me. He apprehended me. He delivered me from my sins. Acts chapter 9, verse down there, get down there, and Brother Logan said it last yesterday morning when he was preaching. God is talking to Ananias and he's talking about Paul and he says, listen, He's a chosen vessel to bear my name, to suffer some great things for me. Paul recognized that. He said, the Lord has laid hold on me for a purpose. I've got a a, a position and a place. I've got a responsibility. I want to press on to fulfill those things that lay before me. He saw it so important that one day he instructed a young preacher, Kippus, and said, you tell him, to take heed to that ministry that he's received of the Lord, that he fulfill it. Don't leave anything undone. Paul says, listen, I I got laid hold on. Somebody took hold of me and made a change in my life. And now there's this desire in my heart to lay hold on that that's laid hold on me. I just can't get enough of what God has done for me. He's saying, I just had a desire in my heart to have more and more and more of God. And the further I push on and the further ahead I go, the more desire I have in my heart to get a hold of a little more until one day I'll reach the goal. He said, I'm going to leave this world behind and I'm going to wind up in heaven one day by the grace of God. And so there's in my heart this desire to press on and push forward and strive with everything in me to reach the goal. He said, I've not attained. I've not laid hold on it all. I've not experienced everything there is to experience. Listen to me. I'm glad that what happened that night in the barn. I'm glad that God forgave me of my sins, lifted the burden and the guilt I was under. And I told you the other night, I got up and told him I felt clean. That's, that's all I knew. I didn't know your language. I'm a little further down the road now. I know a little more than what I did. But there's so much more. Brother Ken, I've got a hunger in my heart. 
heart. I want to go on with God. I want to see his power. I want to feel his touch. I want to walk down the road with him. I say, press on, go on for God. There's something yet to get a hold. You say, preacher, I'm saved. Oh yeah, I'm saved as I'll ever be. But there's more to experience with God if we'll press on with him. He said, I'm pushing on. I want to apprehend what got a hold of me. He said, something has got a hold of me. He got a hold of my heart. He transformed my life. And now there's this hunger in my heart to lay hold on him, have fellowship with him, walk with him, talk with him, serve him, get the job done that he's put me here for so I can bring glory to his name. Isn't that right? I, I, I don't understand it. I'm not anybody. I'm about, probably the most backwards baby in here. I, I'd uh, challenge Brother Ronnie about that. I, I mean, seriously, I, I don't like talking. I, I've took failing grades in school uh, just so I wouldn't get up and give a report. Uh, but one night, uh, God said, I want you to preach. I said, you've made a terrible mistake. I ain't doing it. I wasn't even, I wasn't even married at the time. I told him, said, Lord, I don't even have a wife. I can't preach. Uh, that'd be foolish for me. I, I don't know, understand all of it, didn't I couldn't have told you. I, I couldn't have quoted any of the books of the Bible. I knew John, Mark, maybe. Couldn't have quoted a verse. Uh, but God was working on my heart. Uh, and he kind of left me alone. And, and then I finally got her to say yes. And we got married. And you'd have thought, I, well, I thought I, I've got it now. Uh, but I got there in my home. And, and just right after we got married and got back my honeymoon. And God said, I want you to preach. I said, I don't know about that. Uh, but hey, I, I, I surrendered to it after I couldn't get a job. Uh, bottom was falling out of everything. Uh, one night was living in an old apartment, uh, uh, just barely getting by, living on green beans that we'd can uh, from my mama and papa's garden. And she crawled up in the bed. She'd been in the other bedroom of praying. She said, I don't know what the trouble is, but it ain't me. I knew what the trouble was. It was me. I wasn't right with God. I was running from him, but I surrendered to him. And it's the best stuff I've ever had is preaching the word of God. God's got a hold of me and I want to get a hold of him and live for him and do what he wants me to do. He said something got a hold of me. You ever had anything get a hold of you? And you just can't get enough of it. Something got a hold of me and I just keep, I keep finding myself. I, listen, y'all think I'm crazy. I get out there in the back of my place and just walk in a, in a big circle. So I've got two or three fields. And, I'm, and I just tell him, I love you. I need you. I got to have you. I get out there and tell him, I call my people's name. I say, Lord, I call some, I got some, I've got a man come to my church right now by the name of Chester. He's in his 30s. He's tattooed up on a big old tall feller in a mess. I just don't know anything about God. I, but he's coming. He's coming on Wednesday night now. He's coming all the time. He told the friend that, that invited me to come, said, I don't know about that preacher. Somebody's been talking to him. He's preaching on everything I'm doing. I say, hallelujah, God knows. I, and I'm, it's a privilege. I, you know what I'm saying? Lord, let me stay straight. Help me to preach it right. I, don't let me deviate from what I know to be the truth. I want to apprehend what God's got for me. I want to preach every message. 
message he wants me to preach. I want to live the life God wants me to live. I want you know what I do. If I walk where he said walk, do what he says do, every once in a while he just reaches over and puts his arm around me and whispers in my ear, I loves me. And it's a wonderful life to be born again. He said something got a hold of me. And he said, uh, I can't get enough of it. I'm addicted to it. <laughs> I, I, it just overwhelms me at times. I just cannot get enough of what the Lord's doing. His love, His, his mercy. The, hey, you know, I don't understand people don't like preaching. I come here, I, Brother Mullins I, uh, uh, was opening that book I, and talking about them things and about that way being made. I, I just, you know what? I, he's like, I got to quit preaching. I was like, don't quit preaching. I, I like it. It feeds me. I, there's something wonderful. I, I didn't like it when I was lost. I didn't like preaching. I, it made me feel guilty and dirty. I, trying to like my life. But since I've got saved, I've fell in love with preaching. I wonder about people. Travel three hours for singing, wouldn't go across the road to preaching. I like preaching. Sheep food. Are you doing anything for God? Brother Earl used to always say this when I got saved and was young. And that's my call to preach. We'd come in church, he'd say, uh, You want to preach tonight? I'd say, I don't have anything, preacher. He'd say, God call you? I'd say, he'd say, sing, preach, do something. He said, there's no unemployment line with God. He's got something for all his children. That's right. If you keep yourself clean, God will use you. You say, I can't preach. Testify. I can't hardly testify, you say. Well, wave at the preacher when he's preaching. Do something for the glory of God. Go out there, and after you do it here, go out there and live it. And be a witness to people to where they want what you have. Well, I'm not going to preach very long. Something got a hold of me. And I can't get enough of it. And uh, he said, listen, he said, we've not attained... He said, we ought to strive. He said, this one thing I do, that's always been my problem at different times in life. I get too busy. I get my mind off the one thing I'm supposed to do. I'm here to preach and serve God. That's it. I put in cabinets to help make a living. Me and my son work together. I'm going to tell on myself, about three or four years ago, it's a wonderful opportunity. I thought it was a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> I bought a store, a paint store, flooring store, and a cabinet store. I'd always done cabinets. I've always done flooring. And it's a good business. It was. It's a good business. My wife kept punching me, saying, you prayed about this? I'd say, yeah, I'm praying about it. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, I get my son out of away from the job he's working in. He can start working for me. And came and start working for me. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be wonderful. It was good. I'd run myself ragged. 
Caleb quit in six months, but it wasn't because it wasn't what he wanted to do. Me and Jacob was there working. And one day I told the Lord when this COVID stuff hit, I got back there in the backfield. I said, Lord, I am wasting my life. This is not what I was born to do. I was born to preach. And if you'll show me what to do. The brother, David's a friend of mine. He helped me. He come into my life. At that time, I was really struggling. He's a friend. His son's got the foreign part. I've got the cabinet part. And it's enough. And his son's got enough. I didn't need all that. I need all that headache, you know. And, and I've got more liberty where now I can just say, if I want to go somewhere for a week and preach, I can do it. I didn't feel that before. I felt just the pressure. God said, what do you want? What do you want? I said, I don't want anything but you. And if when, when the end of the month comes, the bills are paid up, I, I'm tickled to death as long as I'm where you want me to be. What are, you, what are you laboring for? One thing is really needful, and that's your service to God. Now, we're not all in here preachers. We're not deacons. We're not all saints. But you do need to serve the Lord. And we know where to press toward. And let, forget, forgetting those things are, that are behind. He he's not saying don't remember. There's things we ought to remember and praise God for and rejoice over and learn from. But you cannot live in the past. That's good, and thank God for the good things I've got, and thank God for the uh, failures I have that I learned about following God through. But today and tomorrow lays ahead of us, and I want to press on for God. I want to do the one thing I'm supposed to do. I want to die doing that. I want to live my life doing that. I want to give everything I've got and be spent for that. And I don't want to rust out or, or just fall apart, but I want God to wear me out so when it's done, there's nothing left in my life but preaching the Word of God. He said, if you're same mind, he said, there's some things more to do, and I'm just going to touch a few things and be done. He said, first of all, he said, you ought to be like-minded about this matter. If not, God will show you the truth. And he said, first thing we ought to do is be faithful to the light we already have. He said, we ought to do what we know is right. It's not what we don't know that's killing us a lot of times. It's what we do know and we won't do. We know what God wants. We know we are to live right. We know holiness is part of this way. But God's holy, and he said, be ye holy. And so we are to be faithful to the light that God, we already got in our life. You can't go any farther if you won't be faithful to the light you've already got. And the light that God has shined in your heart, you are to be faithful and walk and do the things God has already showed you is right. We're not in the dark. We know what old time worship is. There are some people I believe that don't know some things. But as a whole, we sat here this morning, we know what it takes to worship and serve God. We just need to walk in that light. Be faithful to it. Then I'll tell you something else he says. Better follow the man of God. He said, follow me. Follow them. In my part of the country, that's not looked on. Good. He said, that man's just like any other man. When it comes to salvation, I say, amen. We all get saved. Same way. But when God calls that man out, 
puts him in the ministry, anoints his life, he's got a position that you better not touch. God will speak to him and direct him and give him a word that will speak to you. Give you direction for your life, for your family, for your children. And he says, Paul says it twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and chapter 11 verse 1. He said, be followers of me as I follow Christ. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6 about those Thessalonians who had received the word of God. He said, you became followers of us and of the Lord. And then over in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7, it talks about remembering them. Have the rule over you. And who has spoken the word to you. And to follow their faith. Considering the end of their conversation. So you have that responsibility. We've we've come to an hour and a day. When a lot of people do not want preaching. They don't want the preacher to tell them what's right. They They don't want him to preach any standards. They just don't want preaching. A lot of places would be fine with taking that right there and putting it over in the corner. But without the preaching, people can't get saved. You need the preaching to instruct you on how to live. He said, mark them when you have me as an example. He said, preacher, I love my pastor, but how do I know what other preachers that are good? Well, if they're preaching like your preacher. They walk in the same way your preacher's walking. If he's a biblical and and Bible believer and preaching the truth and got the power of God in his life and he's walking holy, then you look out there and if you find other men like that, those are good men. But he said, I tell you, there's a crowd out there who talk like us and look like us a lot of times and and present present themselves to be like us. But he said, I tell you, weeping, they're not anything like us. In Romans Romans chapter 16, about verse 17, I believe it is, he he tells them to mark that crowd also that, that brings about... Uh, uh, doctrinal trouble uh, that brings about division. Uh, and he said, you know, and he go back to these verses. He said, you know what the problem is? Uh, they run by their appetites. Yeah. They live according to the flesh. They're all about the earthly things. The spiritual things don't mean too much to them. But the uh, uh, earthly things is what they want. The earthly things, the riches, the pleasures, uh, the, the things that, uh, uh, you know, they're more interested in the ball games, more interested in making money, uh, more interested in entertainment and going to the steakhouse uh, than they are than just opening that book and ran back and preaching the word of God. Uh, they'll go with you to the lake. Uh, they'll run around down to the ball game with you. Uh, they'll eat a hot dog there uh, around all that beer crowd and won't think anything about it. But you need a man of God uh, that's got some standards about him and that'll preach the word of God. And when you do some of them things, they'll look at you and say, that's silly. Uh, You're getting yourself in a mess. Get away from that crowd. That's right, ain't it? I'd like to have a church full. I don't want to compromise for it. I don't want to tiptoe around people's feelings and their sins just to get them to stay or get them to come. I won't preach to them. 
The only hope they've got is the word of God. And then he says, not only should you be faithful to the light you already have, not only should you follow the man of God, but you need to keep looking forward. Those last two verses there. He said, keep looking. He said that our conversation is in heaven. That word, that word conversation means commonwealth or citizenship. He said, this isn't home. So get your eyes off of down here and get your eyes at home. Get to looking where you belong and start living like you don't fit down here. Start with your affections and your allegiance. It belongs to heaven. We, we, our attitude, our actions, our appearance, all should testify the fact that we are strangers and foreigners to this world and that heaven is our home. That's our commonwealth. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm older now. I'm 56 or will be 56 this year. I, and so I'm, I'm past that age. They, it'd have to get pretty bad before they'd call me up into the armed forces. I, but some of y'all are younger. And they, if a war broke out, you, you have an allegiance to this country, a responsibility, and they would call you up. I, I'm not here to defend this world and fight for this world. But I'm sure here on my part for heaven... And for what it holds and for who my king is, he's in heaven. And I want to represent him well. And I'm trying to get people to join sides with us and leave this world behind and forsake it and live for God. This is the best life there is. Heaven's our home, our king's in heaven. And listen to me, we're looking for him, he says in that verse. Why? Because he's coming again. John chapter 14, some of my favorite verses. Let not, uh, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I like that verse. You know what that says? Just plain common country language. I'm not lying to you about heaven. It is everything I'm telling you about it. You can count on it. It'll be just like I said, even better than you could ever imagine. And he said, I go to prepare your place. And if I go, prepare your place, I will come again. That's pretty good, ain't it? You need to keep looking forward. Heaven's our home, our Lord's there, and we keep our eye on there because one day he's going to come from that direction and he's coming for us. He's promised us and heaven's a real place. Over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, those early saints were saying, hey, we've buried this one, we've buried that one, and the Lord had not come. What'll happen to them? And Paul said, I don't want you ignorant about the matter, brethren. I don't want you sorrowing like those that don't have any hope. He said, I want to tell you something. The Lord himself should ascend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and then the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord and he said comfort one another with these words keep your eyes on the goal heaven's our home not here and the Lord's coming back for us and we need to keep our eyes on him and he says in the last part of those he said he's going to change our vile body to have a body likened to his glorified body. That word vile means body of humility. This one that's so weak. This one you look at in the mirror every once in a while and say, I hate you. You wrecked me again today. Despite all I said and promised the Lord, 
you've done reared up and done something I didn't want to do. You say, oh, preach, I don't do that. You're lying. You're in the flesh. You're weak. This body is full of infirmities. I, I, I'm, I'm still young compared to some of y'all, but I'm old compared to some of y'all. And I know, I know after a day of putting in cabinets and kicking base cabinets and getting them lined up, and especially seems like worse now on Monday after Sunday than any other time. I have to roll over and roll out of bed. And then I've got that slow step and those stiff parts. And this old body's falling apart. But I'm getting a new one. He's going to change this vile body into a glorious body like unto his. What a day. We ought to keep our eyes on the goal. This is difficult. This is wicked. The world's falling apart. But I wasn't made for this world. And I'm not staying in this world. My Lord's coming back for me. And we ought to get our eyes on the goal. And he says in that last part of that last verse, just in case anybody had any doubt, he is able. He is able. According, according to his working, he is able. See, I don't know how God can do that. He can do it. So how's he going to take that body that's put in a grave and turned to dust? I can't explain it to you. All I can tell you is he's able. He's able. He's going to do it. And some of us, some of us, We'll be walking around here on that day. He's going to change us. Isn't that wonderful? And he says he's going to subdue everything. He's going to put it under his feet. Subject it to him. A lot of rebellion in this world today. A lot of people deny God and say, I won't never and don't never. And, and this world don't need God. But he's coming. He's coming, brother Ken. He's going to fix it all. I, I like that. I won't tell y'all again. Something got a hold of me. And I just cannot get enough of it. I just keep reaching out for more. Keep wanting him to fellowship with me. Keep wanting to feel his touch. Keep wanting to see. Listen, and he don't even have to do it for me. Sometimes I like it when I see he's doing it for others. When my brothers and sisters are rejoicing in the Lord, it fills my cup up because I see that he's doing something for them. Well, I've got something got a hold of me. So I'm pressing on. One of these days I'm going to sit down at the table. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it.